What is the difference between being punk and being a punk? We are here to talk some punk rock, some music comics. Punk culture, DIY shit, anything we want to talk about. That's that's what fascinates Give me everything. Absolutely everything. I find that, that music and comics have always been intertwined. Muxpout. Chicks dig it. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, welcome to Muxpot. This is the Margaret Hooligans here with us this week, and we're having a little bit of technical difficulties. Eric, our normal uh, moderator, is uh, incommunicado currently, so we are trying our best to get through this and not screw everything up. So anyway, <laughs> hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Hello. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Uh, so I go by Meg Craddy. And I'm the Mr. Strontium. <laughs> And is that your code name to protect the innocent? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our innocent selves, that is. Maybe <laughs> a few other people, but ourselves mostly. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your mission in music? What If you oh. have a code name, you must have a mission. Oh, right? that's true. I hadn't really thought of it in spy terms. Hmm. Mm, not to give in. <laughs> All right. That works. That's a good one. <clears throat> So it looks like you guys uh, essentially started recording right around the pandemic. Is that correct? Or Yeah, we, we started playing together about six months before it hit. Okay. And then that was obviously gave you ample opportunity to get yes, in. And... I, I think for us and um, certainly some of our uh, friends who are in bands uh, who could live together, um, it was very helpful, for, terrible for the world, but very helpful for creative people who got lucky enough to be together for that time because nothing was going to mess with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it actually just ended up working out that we had the time, like, you know, life is busy um, at this stage and we just didn't have the time to kind of figure it all out. Like, I think we maybe had an inkling that we could do a little digital recording before it. I can't actually remember when we started doing it. Um, cause he, we've, we still actually use an, um, a two track system to record like our jams and stuff like that. Um, and then we will listen to them on cassette tapes and decide what, you know, makes sense to make us, you know, a song out of. Um, but I had kind of had this idea that I could use garage band cause I had done a little bit of messing around with it prior to us playing together. Um, so we just started kind of messing around and seeing if it would work. And then, then when the pandemic hit, we started investing in like actual equipment that was better than what i currently had yeah. um so yeah yeah a few more mics <laughs> yeah well, when those cassette tapes break and you have to put them together <laughs> i mean it's it, you know you don't want to be a little cobbler anymore it's, it's no. fun, but it's also awful so right <laughs> I, I, we're going yeah. with the, we're going with the rectangle like everyone else I guess. <laughs> yeah I, I found that the yeah the pandemic definitely between audio and video for everyone i think there was a lot of quick learning on trying to figure out how to like communicate with the outside world and like just keep active and it was amazing to see what uh, how quickly some people adapted to jamming over Zoom and things like that were yeah. incredible. Right. I was seeing like six piece ska bands do six little windows. <laughs> I and I was like, how many times did you have to actually practice that before you could get to a point yeah. where you were anywhere near in time? So yeah, it's, it was 
I tried running a jam group on uh, Zoom for like, so I play the ukulele and that that has its own little weird world. Um, well, acoustic, you play electric right. u- ukulele for the, right, yeah, for the, the band, but I also play acoustic. And um, So anyway, so I, I've been running jam groups for a long time and we, we just decided to move it to Zoom during the pandemic. And it was the hardest thing to do because like I knew like you just have to turn everybody else off. So then it's weird because like they're all silent. And I I get to like lead it and I see a bunch of like faces and, and then I had to like interpret the faces like are they keeping up with me? I don't know. Oh, that person's a little fast, a little fast. So I would typically slap them. Yeah, the no, movie yeah, tells me to. I'm yeah. like that part of the pandemic. I'm glad is over. It is much better to to play in person with people and hear them in so real much time. better. Yes, but it was nice to have the ability to, yeah, somewhat like right. connect with other humans during that time frame. Was absolutely, was no, huge. I was grateful for it. <laughs> yeah, and it kept up, it kept us all a little bit more productive than we would have been because, yeah, like reading and watching TV very quickly was like, oh my god, I can't do much more. <laughs> <laughs> you can only organize that one drawer so many times. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, Tell us about the band name. Is this the MASH reference, I think it is, or is it? Mm-hmm. Well. A, a bit. Let's go a <laughs> bit. Um, I think that, well, I think that was the initial impulse. At least that was my interpretation of it. I, I yeah. Were you aware of the other reference? When we started? like Because well, you, you were the one who really came up with the, the band name. Well, what, the hooligan part? Yeah. I, well, I'm not sure. Tell if, if you have a memory, go share it. Actually, I don't even really. Because I had this idea before. So I, I before we played together, I used to play an acoustic uke and cello duet with a friend of mine. Um, and then I, I, you know, I was writing music and all this other stuff. And I think I put like a SoundCloud thing up and I, I just was co- trying to come up with like a just silly, stupid name to give myself that was not my name. And I think you came up with Margaret Hooligan. And then this friend of mine that I was playing with, we were actually booked for a festival and she couldn't make it. So I was like, okay great uh, i guess i'll do this by myself and then i asked him if he would play with me so he he played the conga um and our daughter even did like some backup vocals and stuff like that so we just decided at that moment to call ourselves the margaret hooligans because i already had this name but i think you were the one who coined it i'm sure yeah, anyway i mean hooligans so know, yeah so it, i would say British. for me it was the initial reference was was margaret Hoolahan. Um, but I didn't realize that the, it had a British connotation too, until we started, you know, putting our music out there and, and talking to these other bands and I didn't know about football hooliganism. And so it gets to this day, we still get messages. Sometimes people are like, I love your name. Well, I mean, the, the who had a greatest hits record called hooligans. So oh, okay. Was... All right. There you go. But, but, uh, Johnny Carson, we happen to be watching a Johnny Carson from, let's say 1974. Um, and he had... Sally Kellerman, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the original. Yeah, Margaret she Hulahan. who played. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I th- but he, it was Margaret Olhulhan, I think, in the movie. Was I, it? I could be, I could be wrong, but I'm going to go I with that. So. I could be wrong. Anyway, so he's <laughs> talking to her about that character, and he's stuttering over that line, and he says. The, uh, what, what about you know that mash the Margaret Hooligan blah 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 thing? Like oh. he remember that he stumbled over that and named the band. Oh, no, I don't think I do remember that. I think you saw uh, it. I don't think I saw you it. You were with me. You were with me. All right. Who knows? In a vision. I love asking Actually, other bands their origin names because there's always like three stories. 
There's okay. never, never just a straight story. <laughs> and that's why it's always a good question because you always get those different takes on it, especially if you got two of you in the same frame. It's always good. Right. So, you know, and if you don't remember it all, you have to make something that's up true. on the spot. That's true. <laughs> and I was out with a friend on Friday night and she was asking, she's like, so is it like the soccer hooligans? I was like, I was like, I'm going with the mash thing, but I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I will ask. Here's another thing. We stayed in, in Brighton and um, I guess it's a very um, energetic area. Young people have a lot of fun. And it was, you know, we're not so young and we were with our daughter. So so they didn't know that they did not need to say on our agreement, like, you, you better have perfect behavior, this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> um, so uh, the Margaret Hooligan thing is, like, we're, you know, we're a family or you think of older people. But they could fuck things up too. They could <laughs> damage things. They could be little criminals, petty criminals, punch people on the sidewalk. <laughs> so they would be the Margaret hooligans because you wouldn't expect them That's... to be the nasty people, right? You know, yeah. the, you know, we're, we're we're mischief incognito. There we go. Thank you. Which gets exactly. back to the spy thing, having our mission. <laughs> there you go. You're taking people out undercover. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right, that works. And it's, you know, that's, this all works very well for me, because obviously me getting the MASH reference, I am of an older age myself. So I quite got, you know, I was very happy to. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I also wanted to thank you guys again for uh, when you shared our Muxbout post for the new music, it just made my day because we were just starting to share everybody's Bandcamp links and everything when you guys commented on it. And it's that kind of thing where you're doing, you know, as a band or as, you know, a promoter or anything like that, you're, you're always wondering, am I doing, you know, is this what people are enjoying? Does anyone care about, you know, how I'm doing this thing? And it's like, we put a lot of work into tweaking that and trying to figure out how we were going to best promote folks and, Mm. you know, make sure that we were getting the word out for bands that we liked and uh to have somebody actually comment on it like at that point was huge to us because it was just like is this even worth it are we doing anything where we're (laughs) noticing this thing so (laughs) i thank you for giving me at least a couple more months of wanting to continue (laughs) doing this (laughs) (laughs) but no it's it's like anything else. I'm, uh, you know, obviously we're not getting paid for this. We're doing it because we love what we're doing. And uh, it's it's not like we've got a giant uh, person just like sponsoring us. Well, we do have someone that should have been on that promo to the show that I don't know how to put on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's just nice to know that people are enjoying that. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Good, I, I, I don't even remember how I came up you guys started mentioning us and I don't know how you found us, but I, I, you know, we do promote promo stuff through like Muzo Soup and other things. So I was like, okay, maybe they found us through that. Like, I didn't know how people find us. So I'm always just like really excited when somebody I didn't expect is like, oh, they, oh my God, there's people out there listening to us. I see these weird data numbers. I don't know what they mean. I don't know if it's like, you know, one person I know over there who I know really likes us and they're just listening to us 80 yeah. times or if it's, you know, spread it's the out. Helsinki crowd. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's the Helsinki robots, which is a real problem. Okay. For us, I'm just uh, I'm just a music dork, and I basically get you know I anybody that piques my interest, I like follow everybody on Bandcamp, so I get a billion Bandcamp 
emails every Friday. And okay. I, so I just kind of sort through them and you guys came up quite a while ago. I, I've been following okay. you guys, but we haven't been promoing through Muxbat for as long. So okay. you were on my radar a while ago, but uh, yeah, once I got started doing the weekly thing from Muxbat, it was just, you were on the radar already. <laughs> I think I caught you guys on album number two, possibly, and you're okay. on, you're just starting to release singles for album number four, correct? Right, yes. right. We, um, we didn't know how the whole thing works these days. Like, you know, our first album, I, I'm like now a little upset that I didn't spend more time promoting it because I thought, I think that's a nice solid album. And I, <laughs> I just didn't understand how the whole music industry now works is like where you just release like single after single after single. So we did two and then released the album. And of course that's not nearly enough to build a following. So now I'm trying to go back and like, you know, maybe make some other music videos for stuff eventually and just kind of like, hey, don't forget this song exists. Yep. It's nice too. <laughs> yep. And how do you guys feel about that? Because I'm, like we said, I'm I'm of an older age where I used to just be excited about finding an al album and just digging through it. But now it is. It seems like it's like you need to do like one a month to keep relevant to folks coming up. So how do you guys feel about it, that new business model? And I, 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 <laughs> I prefer, you know, I, I didn't grow up with like the singles of the sixties where that was so important. I grew up with, with albums. Um, and yeah, we, uh, well, people aren't going to take the chance and listen to song number seven or number nine. Right. Right. Um, they will they need a snippet of one song like we give a snippet right and they're only going to listen to a snippet so um yeah it's like seven seconds is like the the maximum amount of time you're supposed to make reels anymore so, so people play them over and over again which is like very upsetting yep. and it kind of you know we don't make music like that like we don't make music that that really necessarily fits into a seven second spot i'm like but oh but then i'm missing that really nice lead part or that really nice exactly. drum fill. You know, and you don't know what to, yeah, I can't edit it. It just drives me crazy. Honestly, the, 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 the short answer is I hate it. Um, the longer, more nuanced answer is I can see the benefits in some respects. Like, you know, we're not signed to a label, obviously. No one is anymore. And, and it doesn't even seem to be to an advantage because they don't really seem to do much for you. Um, like, unless you really make it so big and you, in order to make it that big, you have to have this huge following, which means you had to be putting in all that groundwork to begin with. So... Um, oh my God, he's here! <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm using my phone, so I'm annoying. Moving my phone, trying to figure it out. Okay, I had it all running, and then it kind of died again. So I was like, "Screw it." <laughs> Hi guys. We were just talking about uh, the benefits of releasing something as singles, as we do nowadays, versus releasing things as an entire album, and. The fact that I'm old and I'm used to albums, that's, that was basically it. Yeah. So. so as I was saying, the more nuanced answer is that I can see the benefit to a degree because like I said, I, we don't have a team behind us promoting us, so it's always us. And because of the way the internet works and because of the way these algorithms work, it seems like you really do need to constantly promote. Comment on people. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. in some respects it's a lower stakes game, right? Like if, if somebody doesn't hear this one single, well, it's not the end of the world. Like we just had, like, I, you know, I keep track of certain data or whatever. So we get an, a weekly email from iTunes that says how many people listen to our stuff. And 
you know, generally I'm not sending people to iTunes. Like I would just say, oh yeah, it's all on the streaming platforms or whatever. But I usually try to direct people to either YouTube or Spotify. Um, and we got an email that said we had a hundred plays in a week. And I was like, well, that's huge. That's like three times what I usually get in a week. So I was trying to figure yeah. it out and then I'm looking at it and it's all from our first album. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I don't know who just like stumbled upon it. And, you know, so, you know, like I said, like in some ways it's lower stakes. Like I don't have to necessarily worry about this one song really hitting it big, even though of course that's the way the industry kind of works. That's the way the Spotify algorithm works. But I also know that I'm never going to get there and that, you know, on the level that I'm at right now, it's like, you always have to just build everything really, really slowly. So what I mostly hope for is that we don't run out of steam before we get to where, where people actually listen to us. But I'm also fully expecting to be like 20 years in the grave before anyone really gets it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will say one thing that I enjoy about the way you you release is it's one song at a time, whereas I find that some people, I call it the Russian doll effect. It's like mm -hmm. every time they release a new single, it's like it builds almost into an album so it's like the first song is one song and then the second single comes out and they have that plus the previous one and each one builds mm. until it's a full album and it's like so suddenly i've got you know if i've saved it right. on whatever service suddenly i've got 20 versions of this right oh building album where it's like a single within a single within a single kind of thing and it's weezer did that um last year when they did their uh their seasons thing Mm -hmm. and it was like there'd be what eight songs or whatever and then the next one would come out and i was like whoa that's a much longer one but then i was, listening, I was like wait i heard these all before <laughs> <laughs> oh so they're capitalizing on that whole idea that like we have short attention spans and everything needs to be like thrown at us right oh, that's why they see. say characters names on tv all the freaking time oh, okay. <laughs> come on joe i mean i never say your name ever yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> but then even so and it might be my age once again but it's like the character names on tv shows you can repeat it 50 times and i'm still like who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea what just happened so now we know who that was directed at it was you <laughs> Thanks, i'm the guy i'm the yeah, guy we knew this happened guys jesus captain Shortage span over here <laughs> so you like soap operas are really like your speed that's the the show you want to watch <laughs> right <laughs> little telemundo yeah <laughs> it's got to be enough passion in there <laughs> yeah no that, that was, that was good. i like to work on my spanish by watching those <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah you also did uh, a recent song with the quarks you did oh, three yeah. You did recorded three songs with them, and is that yeah, going to be only released the one? Um, but okay, the, is that going to be a separate thing? What's that? From, is that going to be a separate thing from the new album? Yes. Or yes. Okay. yeah, yeah, that's. So we had already finished the fourth album before we went to go. Um, we we took a trip to England this past summer. We met with oh, uh, cool. Nine O'clock Nasty and the Quarks, and we had a visit from one half of I Am the Unicorn Head. If you're aware of them, um, but anyway, uh, so when we met with the Quarks, we. we I mean, I just kind of loosely said, oh, well, maybe we could jam and record or whatever. And these guys like went out of their way to set up a space for us. They had um, a connection with this uh, community center and, uh, you know, I guess a contact that really liked us. So he he basically let us borrow this space for free for a few hours and they brought all this recording equipment and we just jammed and came up with like three songs that afternoon, which, you know, we did a few overdubs like when, once we got back here, but that was really it. Yeah, like we were walking in like, like, 
kind of like a maze and kind of foresty. We didn't know where we were. There were no addresses. We don't know anything. We don't know whether to look left or right. And uh, we kind of go up to a building through a back way and there's a guy there and he comes up to us. He goes, either Margaret Hooligans. And he's like, oh, okay. And he was the guy who was like running the building and knew everything. It's like, you know. Yeah, that's, that's one of those in, like weird internet things where like people maybe have seen you and you don't know them and yeah. they're like, oh, oh, hi, yes, I am. <laughs> it wasn't just random guy asking if you want right. to Right. Okay. <laughs> How did he know? I'm not wearing my jacket. <laughs> so you guys came up with three full songs in uh, an afternoon with another band? Yeah, it, it, it was, was amazing. It was a lot of playing. There was not a lot of talking. It was a lot of okay. just, loot. I mean, like someone say something like i'll say hey let's make this one a fast one and then boom they're in yeah um you were playing the bazooki on the first oh song. yeah so um i usually play an electric you know electric ukulele or an acoustic ukulele but for this band usually electric um i can play the guitar but i don't prefer it i like four strings so when we were there of course i didn't bring my instrument with me and they were trying to figure out what to give me to play and i said well just give me a guitar it's fine um and Phil, the one of the, the guitars for the Quarks, is like, oh, I have an Irish bazooki. And I was like, well, okay, let's check that out. I never let's give it a shot. Yeah, exactly. And so and it was, I loved it. I mean, I had never played in that tuning. It was like, you know, whenever you, I don't know if you guys play guitar or anything like that, but like, I love when you get different things and you don't know what to expect from it. And then you start messing around and it just does different things to your brain that you didn't expect. Um, so I love the novelty of that stuff. So that was like a big inspiration. So all of a sudden I'm coming up with different things I wouldn't have maybe come up with before. Um, and we, I, I just bought one because I loved playing it. And then it bothered me that we have songs out there that I couldn't play because I don't know the instrument. <laughs> no, do, you, do you ever, um, have you ever like recorded like that before where you just went in and made up songs on in an afternoon in the studio like that? Or was that only recording what we would call like a rough version mm. of but not record and that's it i mean yeah. i mean simon brought his little recording thing and he was working things while we were like talking in between songs i mean right they really uh it was so casual but it was so right on the money it was very right. good yeah i do wonder if part of that like i know they have to like rent a space in order to record themselves so i'm wondering if like, they're just a little more they're, they're just better at it, honestly. Like, he had a mixing console. Like, all the levels were, like, pretty good. And he'd already, already figured all that stuff out. Like, it takes us forever. Like, the fact that, like, you were talking about not being a tech guy, John. Um, we are not tech people either. The fact that we learned how to... Right about here, we had some more fucking technical issues. And apologies, but it picks up after a few minutes. And here we go. Shit. Uh... <laughs> and we're live. Again. Yay! Welcome yeah, back yeah, to the show, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> Take two. You're our first uh, return. I think you're our first return <laughs> guest. <laughs> well, you made it so easy for us to return. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, sorry I fucked guy. things up. <laughs> Just excuse him. He sometimes has cramps because he plays baseball for hours on Sunday mornings and doesn't drink enough water that, or something. Well, don't. That's fine. <laughs> quite all right. Just... Just, I'm not punching him under the table is what I want you to understand. You just explain what the water against me. We're working. We're just working on a skit. We talk to people and suddenly my my leg makes the table flip over. <laughs> we'll be on SNL next week. Oh, okay. <laughs>
need a banana or something? No, you all right? No, I'm fine. <laughs> I see a wiffle ball. Everything's fine. My doctor got me on a Gatorade a day, so maybe check right. that out. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> all right, we're back. All right. What the hell were we talking about? We were talking. Oddly, we were we were still talking about not being very good at technology. <laughs> Eric worked that very well into the conversation. There's a theme there. Our kids so anyway. will laugh. We only have one. I, I meant in general. I don't know uh, if they have children. I do. Okay, there you, you guys, go. I've just got that. Weezy just cat. The, the cat, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll laugh at you too. Don't worry. Okay. I could have gotten this right. <laughs> Damn it! I know he's probably better at tech than I am. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> at least better pissing on it. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> so were the guess, were the quirks your first uh, collaboration? Like that? um, no, with not no. nasty. Yeah, no. So we did um. Before that, before we, we left, Ring, how long ago was it? I guess it was in the spring. Well, yeah. Nine o'clock nasty had asked us, well, asked me to sing vocals on um, their single Bird of Happiness, which is the last track on their album that just came out. Um, and Rob Strontium, excuse me, Mr. Strontz. Um, <laughs> I forgot. Code names. Shit. They're gonna His secret it. identity. <laughs> I just added him. It's me too. Um, he, uh, he had actually added some too, but in, uh, if you've paid attention, a lot, sometimes a lot of his vocals are very comical, and it turns out they wanted a little more of a, a straight shot for the song. Yeah, they wanted it heartfelt. Yeah. And it is. It is. And it's your a voice heartfelted the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so there is another version out there, which is a little more B-52s-ish, um, that he he's threatened to, threatened? I don't know. He's, he said he might release at some point. Um, but we're in the video. We're, yeah, we're all in the video. Um, which we shot when we went over to visit them. Um, and so, yeah, so we'd done that. And then they actually, for uh, Revenge of the Scar Joe, which is our other single that's out from the new album, is uh, they, they found a location for us and, and let me um, pretend to harass all of them and stalk them, <laughs> uh, which was a lot of fun. And, <laughs> and also really, really awkward and weird. <laughs> um and then what else so that yes yeah, so and then we went up the park so that was like i guess like our first that was our first collaboration that was not like a digital one where we just sent like stems okay. back and forth okay um because then we have a a third thing that's out this month which i did vocals for um i am the unicorn head they have a song called take me as i am which just came out on friday oh cool yeah so i think we're caught up <laughs> <laughs> We have a few other things on the back burner, but that yeah, it, it, those are the three bands we've been working with mostly for collaboration. So clearly, you like collaborating. Did is there like a dream collaboration that you you would uh, love to do? Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, it's nice to work with people that you that you like working with. Like, I mean, we really like these people as human beings, and we really enjoy their music. So, I mean, it's it's been pretty ideal working with them. There hasn't really been a whole lot of, oh, I don't like what he did there. You know, it, like that can be awkward, like especially if you really like them. I, I feel like it pretty much has flowed nicely. I mean, it would be nice if certain people that we like somehow liked us. But if someone plays something really well, that's what we would want on the thing. It doesn't have to come from a certain type of person. Right. Cool. 
But you you would want what Andy Clark to play yes. lead on something? Yeah, I'd I'd like some Saint Vincent action. Um, if I had a dream collaboration, and I think somebody would like a little Pete Townsend <laughs> collaboration if he was up for it. We did try to get him to collaborate on an Instagram reel when we wrote a song called Pete and Roger about him and, and Roger, Roger. Dalter, Yeah, but um, I don't think he knows how to use Instagram very well. <laughs> We did talk about people of a certain age, so yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I even noticed it in the like. It's really interesting when the older generation does it because I'm sure that they have to. But you can kind of tell who's probably managing the account versus who's actually using their account. So yeah. we also wrote a song called uh, "Now That I'm Just Dropping All the Names." Um, oh Lord, hit it from the second album, and it was loosely based on the idea of a, of a woman who's just kind of a dilettante and who's, who's kind of screwing up her life and uh and drinks to, to make up with it so naturally we thought of sue ellen ewing from dallas and um <laughs> linda gray like we kept tagging her and her stuff and i was just doing it you know for fun like not really expecting well, anything did you say we've used a lot of videos of oh dallas. yeah i did that too yeah and no. the video there's lots of we we're allowed to use lots of videos from dallas and there were some great ones with her just she was a wonderful uh, drunk character sometimes. And she'd throw a, you know, a wine glass at JR. It was very entertaining. Um, <laughs> anyway, one day I'm going through our Instagram, you know, feed of notifications and I see Linda Gray liked your your thing. And I'm like, oh, no. So I'm like, I'm cyber stalking her. I'm like, is it really her? Is it just like her grandkid? Like, and so I, you know, every once in a while I see her stuff pop up and I, I think it might actually be her because like it's, it's, you know, it's like nice stuff. It's like, oh, here's this thing about my son. And here's this thing about, oh, here's me with my friend. I mean, it's like very sparse <laughs> yes. and very personal. personal and I'm like, not celebrity. Hmm, so maybe this really is her. Maybe she actually saw it, which would be nice to think. And I'm, I plan to think that way. <laughs> we might get another. Wait, wait, which one? Lucy. Oh, right. Don't Lucy. say anything. All right. That's it. <laughs> oh, we got secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, code names. You got to have some secrets, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I always love um, Billy Idol's account. He like shares pictures of like his grandkids and stuff. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You do wonder if there's somebody directing you to do that, or if it's like them, right? Because I I work for the social media team for my business, and yeah. I like I've got a general sense of what should go up there. But every once in a while, they'd make some suggestions about what they thought did well, and you're like, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Yeah, it's like when you're following certain things and you're like, I don't know if Alice Cooper really said that. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. That's so often. <laughs> so now I was looking at the the first two singles off the fourth album here. They both seem to have a kind of smash the patriarchy kind of feel to it. Is that a overall theme for the album or is it I just happened to be coincidental that those were both kind of... It's, I mean, those are two. Do we have maybe three out of 14? Yeah, Main that? Street Zulus kind of has that feel. Oh, okay. So maybe the first three <laughs> fucking songs of the record. <laughs> oh. yeah. Alley Cat stops next. So that one's, oh, okay. that one's about... Yeah, we're being nice. Then. You were saying that he's not as good as you. Were. I, mean, I no, had no, to change no, no, that. No, 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 no. They don't no, know. No, no, no. She's fine with people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want her to say nice things, pretty things, things with quality. I want her to bell out shit. It works out well. <laughs> I'm angry when I sing. So <laughs> yeah. 
Thing when I'm angry. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so uh, back to your question. Yes and no. Like when we come up with the albums for the songs, it mostly has to do more with like how we think they sound together. So if there's like some overarching themes, it's more coincidental than on purpose. But of course, all this has been written in the last few years when all this stuff is going down. Yeah. So it's like, well, I guess so. Um, yeah. But I think, well, hmm. no, I think that's right. I'm going to stick with that answer. <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like it was uh, interesting. Those were the first two lead singles off it, so I was just sensing a theme. So I was just curious. There'll be humor and other things. Yeah. Um, Although I think this one is a bit more serious. There's also a lot less swearing. We can actually play it on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, oh yeah, actually we have a. I think the song that ends the record. I really like it. Um, but oh yeah, that one we, we can't. Right it's now. it's that's what, the explicit one. Yeah, you're a sick motherfucker. She says that maybe twenty times <laughs> in the song. It's a verse and a chorus, obviously. Right, can, okay. you know. it's very versatile that phrase. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Everything else, we're we're a delight. Yeah, because usually I like I was just we were before well, like in the break while we we're waiting for the second link. I was just talking about how like what songs I need to, to upload to DistroKid distro and all this stuff. And, you know, of course, when you go through them, you have to go, oh, is there explicit lyrics? And I go, shut up. Uh, I got to go listen to it and see. Because, like, I know what I've written, but he adds stuff later, and I don't always, like, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap, he said something there. I forgot about it. It's not my line, so, what, you know, I don't need to know it. <laughs> is is there anything that's been made on any of these programs that we've been talking about that you can just run it through and go, all right, where's the fucking swearing in this? Which tracks have any right. explicit lyrics on it? <laughs> it just well, I forgot e. sometimes, you know, you go to upload and you're supposed to say, you know, warn people. And I, I think we put up one song and I was like, oh no, there's something in that one and I forgot. <laughs> I can't remember what I, I think I left it because I kind of figured like, we're not big time. No one's going to Well, like, we, could, get, we could put Tipper Gore stickers on the CDs so the kids will know this is inflammatory <laughs> and buy more of them <laughs> yeah that's, that's why and to have nice stickers mm -hmm. stickers are nice you gotta play nice with the pmrc because yeah. <laughs> speaking of dating ourselves there we go <laughs> <laughs> i remember doing a report on the pmrc back in high school which was way too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about when that yeah. was. Oh, no. <laughs> my my uh, high school is, we were never very good at the whole being a, a senior class. You know, like how you're supposed to have like trips and be organized. And we never, I don't even think we had a senior class trip. We were so anti any of that. And we also have held off on not having any reunions as far as I know. I think maybe people did like a five and 10 year old, but you know, we don't really pay attention. So I, we just passed our 25th and I didn't hear anything. So I assume we're still the class we always were. <laughs> I'm really proud of that. <laughs> well, there could be a lot of deaths, a lot of betrayals. Usually you hear about that on Facebook, although now I'm not on Facebook, so I don't hear about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think our class has done them. I just, I think I've gotten off the list since I've never attended anything. I think they finally stopped. They're like, oh, yes. right, right, right. Off the this guy's never showing up. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that would be like. I mean, I do feel like there's a lot of stalking that happens on Facebook, and I think the purpose is just to see where people ended up. You know, you always, like, find these friend requests from people. You're like, I barely know them, or 
maybe I know them and then I don't I don't care to be involved in all of that. I mean, we've got fan pages. Go look at those. <laughs> For me, it was probably more of like, all right, did they give me a swirly or was that? Uh, how did it look like upside down in the toilet? I'm not a so. uh, I was not the sparkling hunk of man I am now. So. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Believe you don't want to peak too. You don't want to peak too early. That's true. And you'll just be bitter and have resentment. But for totally different reasons. <laughs> so uh, one thing that's been on our radar lately is the whole like shake up at band camp and everything with mm. them laying a bunch of folks off. Has Have you guys noticed anything on your end? Like have they come across to any of the musicians saying that anything's going to change for anything that for how they're hosting you guys or anything like that or is it business as usual i haven't heard anything <laughs> um i that being said I, I don't pay loads of attention um i i kind of just put things out there and hope people look at it i i honestly it's a lot of work um to keep track of all this stuff so I, i'm not you know, now that you're saying it, I'm like, I feel like I got an email of from <laughs> from some corporate band camp saying they were doing things and now I can't remember what they were. I'm hoping that everything else will be business as usual. Let's okay. put it that way. Because I've loved and we've loved band camp for years. Basically, band camp Friday is like our national holiday kind of thing for us. We love <laughs> it and we, we've supported them for so many years. I'm surprised that they did a band camp Friday last week after like letting go of all those people. Like, oh. Did they? Because I just got an email that said it was coming up this Friday. Oh, is it this one? Yeah, I, know, I, thought, I saw they were doing one Friday. coming up at least. And it probably, probably is then. Okay. Yeah, it's this Friday. Yeah. yeah. When I saw they coming up, I was kind of surprised after <coughs> all those people like that they're still doing it. I that. would hope that at, at very least through the end of this year that they'd continue doing Bandcamp Fridays and things like that because it just makes sense. I mean. Okay. So I do think I, I did. I have no idea what's going on. What is going on? Did they lay off a lot of people? <laughs> they laid <laughs> they off like, like half, half, half their, yeah, something like oh, that. So. so I guess they're not making that much money off of us artists then. Well, I think it's also whoever bought them out last year was some video game company. It was epic. Like it was the that. Fortnite guys. That's uh, right. No, I do remember seeing an email yeah. about that, but I didn't hear about the layoffs. So I just knew that they had been bought out and that was concerning. Yeah. And this is very recent. It was what, like two weeks ago or something like that? At most. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was very recent. So I just didn't know if you guys had heard anything about it. N not from them. No. And I, like I said, we've been having a very bad month. So it's, <laughs> I kind of was a little concerned about oh. personal issues. <laughs> gotcha. So. There'll be a song about it in the future, I'm sure. No, absolutely. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> a mouse ran away with my ID. <laughs> That's it. <Yeah>, one. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah. We'll explain it in the liner notes. It's okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Do I get liner notes anymore? <laughs> I know. I love that they always like, in like, in Bank Camp in particular, they're always like, this is the place for liner notes. And you're like, what would that even look like? I mean, would somebody bother to read this? I mean, I've always put in lyrics because I figure as somebody who writes them, I appreciate other people. I appreciate reading other people's and I assume that other people want to read them. But um, no, I don't bother with that other than track credits and the, the, the lyrics. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say, I, I 
have seen very few people do it, but some people will do like a PDF booklet kind of thing, which is kind of cute and retro if you, you right. Know, a lot of the just did one. It was really sweet. Um, <clears throat> they did it for Culture War, and they they sent it to us, and it was actually I really appreciated it because you know you think you know what a song is about, and then they kind of like gave a little mm. bit of a backstory, and they're um, they are so clever at giving you just enough that you still have you can still kind of keep your own interpretation, but gave you a little bit more, so you're like, oh, but this is what you think it's about, because <laughs> um, as you know, once it's out there, it's not really yours anymore. <clears throat> I see them a lot as uh, like parts of anniversary uh, sets and deluxe editions. Okay, that's where I see a lot of that. Just uh, Smoking Popes just did a release um, of their first album with mm. liner notes, which I haven't sat and read yet. Now that I think about it, yeah, I don't even remember what they look like. You know, like I remember that being like the favorite thing when you got an album. Like you'd open it up and you'd be like, oh, what's inside? And you get to read all the lyrics and like, oh, all these special acknowledgments. You know, um, I don't. Other than the you'd acknowledgments, like the, you'd like the special acknowledgments. Yes, I'm like, what's his face in High Fidelity? Who wished that, like, oh, maybe there's a little private joke in the liner notes just from you know, who wanted to date a musician? You're, did you <laughs> maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> it's that heartfelt stuff I don't understand. <laughs> the man I married, everyone. The man with no heart. <laughs> I'm not going right. to the either. It was I. Somebody actually did that as an exercise for some Facebook group I was on, a vinyl group or something, saying, "Pick an album from the '90s and look at the liner notes and tell us, you know, some other band that you found in the liner notes that you really enjoyed for in the thank yous." Mm. And I was like, it was always it was interesting to go through some of them and see who people thank just random fuckers that you were <laughs> expecting to see. So it's kind of yeah, cool. That person they were dating at the time and then they broke up later. Like you still have that like historical liner note. Thank you. See it is. Oh, important. you're looking for the Travis Kelsey liner notes. I didn't date him. <laughs> well, it was also cool to see like people that they had toured with coming up and things like that that they oh, felt yeah. for you know and it's like yeah. that was always fun to me i always liked seeing little bands thanking each other and like just kind of it it wasn't super schmaltzy but cute enough so right right it's nice it reminds you that there's humans behind things which is harder to remember now that we're all on these screens right <laughs> yes exactly now uh do you guys speaking of do you guys tour or are you primarily a recording we're we're recording um you know we know we like playing together we do a lot of jamming um but as far as um uh playing in front of other people i don't really need to do that right now um you would want to do it yeah i did it a lot in the past she didn't so she wants to do it now um, it's only a small bone of contention in our band. <laughs> hey, as long as you're cranking that music up, like, yeah, I'm good. So <laughs> I was just curious because, you know, that's also like the curiosity of, you know, if you were playing out, like who you like to play with and that kind of thing. That's oh. always something I like to find out. Yeah. Right. Who folks yeah. enjoy playing with and, <clears throat> or, you know, contemporaries that you enjoy music that's coming out and things like that okay. and there's a lot in your music i was gonna follow up by asking how you uh, accomplished that on stage but 
<laughs> yeah, that, that would be just the trick of it. We um, would we would simplify and get just a little. There'd be dynamics, but it'd be a, a little more um, rocking, a little more punk, a little more with with the noise and a little less subtlety. Like most bands, when they play live, they maybe speed things up a little bit. Blah blah blah. Um, we just we we'd act like there aren't any mics on what we're doing, and we're in a basement, and we just have to kind of blast it. So right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the biggest hardship for me to overcome would be that I have to play rhythm and lead, which yeah. is tricky. <laughs> <laughs> so then you have to make choices. You well, you just say, have yeah. to make the leads right. really good because once you stop playing rhythm, that's right. fine. It's just you and me and it's right. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I would have to be orchestrated. And since we haven't played live, we don't worry about it at the moment, which is always <laughs> a little funny because like, you know, with the recording process, the way it is now, like, you know, we're not doing it live the you know to tape or something so you can like add little extra things so i have a couple of leads on a few songs where i know we we mash two things together that so it's technically not possible to play unless there's a second person um which is fine because i really like the way it sounded but like it is i'd have to make a choice i'd have to change that lead for a live show <clears throat> but you know thank fine. you thank yeah, you yes you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> or you'd have to clone yourself somehow Right, right. I mean, there are, there are people do tricks like you know they have like the looper pedals and other you yeah. know other things. Um, and in fact, again, speaking of bands, so w this summer when we went to England, we were hoping to play live with both uh, Nine O'clock Nasty and the Quarks, and it ended up falling apart because we couldn't find a venue that would allow our daughter in. Even though we actually did go to a show, right, a, a Nine O'clock Nasty show that was a very punk show, like loud bands, the audience was right right on um and our daughter was allowed to be there the whole time without a problem right but that came after the fact like after we they'd been rejected by all the venues then they got asked to support this other band gay bikers on acid and um and it just they just happened to like i guess have a contact at the bar and they just schmoozed them and just said listen she won't do anything she'll be with her parents the whole time and they let it happen so that was nice because she got to you know experience that with us um but yeah, so that that fell apart, which in, in hindsight is probably good because we've traveled by train the whole way and there was rail strikes. And I cannot imagine carrying our equipment and all of our luggage during a rail strike. Oh, right. Yeah, what, it was, been the, what was the one trip? <laughs> what were we carrying around? We had a freaking 10 pound box of cornflakes that she bought <laughs> like right off the plane because she felt terrible. <laughs> like, hey, guys, no one needs cornflakes. <laughs> That was we thought we were going to be stranded somewhere. So, well, you know, we need the cornflakes around to the ends of England. Oh God! Survival instincts kick in. You gotta, you gotta follow that. Yeah, you, do. you don't know what it's like Corn to not be able to eat anything. I went to the grocery store and I did the right thing. I got the goddamn chocolate, and that's it. And bread. Okay, well, you know, well, I can't eat bread, so what do you want? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the question. What was the question? The question is, no, I don't like cornflakes. Oh. <laughs> what was the answer? <laughs> oh, so the I saw that um, Mr. Strontium that you uh you play drums percussion and teapot it's true true that is true and, uh, how does that work <laughs> so you have a, a teapot that 
it's either dented already or you've put the dent in. <laughs> you um, pour various amounts of water for the different sounds. Um, hold the handle, hit with the mallet, and then right as you hit it, shake it a little bit. And it has to be near a mic in a certain way that doesn't work out so well. So you have to do that 20 times <laughs> to, get, to get a sound that isn't the ping, but is the war the warble of the uh, water in the teapot. So cool. Sounds complicated. <laughs> it's a work in progress. <laughs> cool. And then there's a little low. Yeah. <laughs> I was never going to say that the teapot was a lie. <laughs> it's not. It's, no, it is. It's in not. at least one song. It's in, yes, it's in. That's all it takes to make it yeah. true. I think that was one of my favorite things I saw. Like when I was in my 20s, I saw Jane's Addiction play and their drummer, Steve Perkins, I think yep. is the guy's yep. name. Uh, he brought out a cooler in various pots and pans and played the best drum solo I think I've ever fucking seen on it. Wow. All right, buddy. Awesome. You can play that. I'm happy. <laughs> Some of those guys on the streets play stuff. I mean, with the buckets and other things mm -hmm. that are amazing. But yeah, I remember the first time I, I heard their Sympathy for the Devil um, yeah. early on. Like a, like a guitarist friend who was in the band said, hey, I got to turn you on to this. I was like, holy shit, you guys are more devilish than the Stones were. God damn. <laughs> yeah, that Triple X Live album was just ridiculous. It was just some of the stuff on that was just so raw and yeah. so fun. It was just absolutely ridiculous. It was kudos. So. <laughs> I'd like to think that's what you guys would sound like if we were to see you guys live. So. Sure, why not? Uh, I, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I don't think we have your vocals exploding into the sky uh, in not. the same way. No. I'm just saying the rawness of the music, I think. Would be <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. But they, 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 they had a like an eerie, I, I, won't, I won't say evil, but something really, you know, winding around in the alley type of sound. You know what I'm saying? Like not a triumphant sound. Yep. And it was just so, it was so loose in a way, but so tight in others that it was just like, yeah, it was just like playing into the ether. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, we, we try to go for the loose type. Yeah. <laughs> or as someone has described it, I think my favorite description of it was you feel like the wheels of the car are going to fall off at any second, and then they don't. Picking on the roller coaster how, Atlantic City. <laughs> how would you describe your And how would you describe your sound yourself? Oh. How would we describe it? We, we've made descriptions. I don't know if they're right. Um. Loose, tight, um, melodic, noisy, heavy at times. Uh, there's some anger. There's plenty of humor. Um, and energy the whole time. I mean, I mean, I, I, why would we be doing this if we're not doing something? And that something has to create um, more energy than just just 
just living, just hanging around. You go. Me go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I supposed to condense that? Oh, <laughs> well, you have an idea, maybe. I've written things down. I don't, they don't come to mind when people ask me questions, unfortunately, because my brain doesn't work anymore. Um, no, we had a phrase. It was, I think it was like underground dance garage proto-punk <laughs> or something like that. I don't remember what it was. No, maybe not. I don't know. You know, it kind of evolved, honestly. I feel like, you know, every song is a little different because we do, I feel like everything falls under the umbrella of rock, definitely. But then there's these other little genres that kind of weave in and that, like, you know, some things are a little psychedelic. Some things are a little more R&B. Some things are a little more uh, punk. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I always, but it's it's also very loud garage rock with the wheels nearly coming off i mean that's <laughs> and I I started, that you, go ahead. I started playing the one album um and like the sound of it was very serious but then the song was about um wanting to wanting a dog <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I had it on while i was um trying to figure out where i was going like, <laughs> and then i kind of did like a double take like Wait, what was that? I had to go back and play it. <laughs> <laughs> or something like didn't really match, but it was really yes. good. Yeah, that's the Margaret Hooligans of it. Like that it's, it's just kind of in disguise. So we had two songs about dogs, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, uh, the yeah, other one it's... was about not feeding the dog because you were hungry. <laughs> yeah, the, the dog ones really hit. Yeah, they do. They really do. <laughs> when we first released that album, I mean, that song did the best, the My Dog Ringo song. And I was like, okay, really? I mean, it, to me, like, there's certain songs that you you like them, and it's almost like a guilty like, where you're like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to like this that much, because it, it had a very pop feel to me, which is not always what we're going for. But that, one's, that one has done really well. So I guess it has such a pop feel that uh, I, I like it, but I'm not a, a pop guy. Um, you know, we're from Philly and, um, after Michael Vick went to jail, um, the commissioner, uh, Roger Goodell wanted him back in football cause he would sell mm. and he convinced the owner of the Eagles to get him to be a backup to Donovan McNabb, who's getting a little older. Um, and he did it. And, uh, I wasn't thrilled about that. So on her pop song, I just. You know, had to end, but, you know. Oh, you, yeah, okay. You, you, <laughs> I was just in Philly last week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice town. Had you been before? No, no. I drive, I've i driven past on the way to Jersey before, but never actually visited. Okay. I was actually working. I was working in the Poconos, so oh, okay. I flew into Philly, spent the day there, went to Max Tavern, and... Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm a big uh, Always Sunny fan, so. Gotcha. I was, I was going to say, what were your, your highlights of the trip? Oh, <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a guy that uh, was peeing in the parking lot behind me while I was talking to some people. Oh, that's that's was, pure Kelly. Oh, well, that's, yeah. that's normal. Uh, <laughs> there was the lady that's at, usually uh, me when I used to go to the city. Uh, <laughs> if not crapping in the, uh, the snowy wilderness after a show. <laughs> There's a guy at the gas station that was standing on top of his car, pounding his chest, saying, I'm never going back to prison. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he wasn't really selling it, though. <laughs> there might be some behaviors that are more suited to not going back to prison. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, at the airport, the lady at Gino's uh, cheesesteak 
was uh, yelled at a pilot for not taking his receipt. So, so charming. <laughs> you got the full Philly experience, I would say. You you got it. The hat trick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are we are we are who we are. We um, it's really interesting coming like from a place where people are very polite, and then you Where's get that. The, <laughs> I yeah, England's pretty polite, oh, what okay. you say. Yeah. and then you get back into the Philly airport, and you're like, yeah, this is home. <laughs> like people screaming at each other, and like you know, cutting people off or someone like on the horn yeah. and just not letting up, even though nothing can move. You see that. That's you. You, you just want to <laughs> no. That's not true at all. That I have brains true. with my anger. I... <laughs> sure. That's what you say. <laughs> yeah. Philly, Philly's tough. Philly's not really nice to strangers. It's not lovely brotherly to strangers. No, it's not. In fact, we have, so we have family from South Carolina and I won't let them drive here because I'm like, no, <laughs> you, first of all, you don't understand. And second of all, you'll get killed. Like just well, we'll drive. <laughs> do they drive too slowly? Yes. Way too slow. You can't do that here. It's yeah, not that's allowed. true. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so we've probably kept you like it's, it's been a good time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we apologize again for all the yeah, sorry about all this technical oh, yeah, no We never apologize yeah. for technology. <laughs> it is its own worst apology. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys hanging through it all. No yes, problem. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. This was a blast. All right, all right. Good night, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Have a good one. Take care. Hey, you made it through an entire episode. Good for you. If you're looking for more, give the rest of the channel a look. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll catch you fuckers next time. Later. <laughs> <laughs>